hi, hey, hello there, listeners. It's been a while, hasn't it? You could say it's been. Just kidding. We're not doing that, guys. We're we're not doing that. Um, some of you kind of already know what the deal with the show is, and some of you newcomers have no earthly idea. So let me cordially welcome you to This Band Is Real, the show about bands you've never heard of. I'm your host, Madeline DiMiuga, and we've got an incredible season ahead. Update, I moved from Austin, Texas to Los Angeles, California about a year and a half ago and spent most of that time in quarantine. It sucks, but it also gave me a lot of time to start up new projects and some old ones like this podcast. For those of you who don't know, this is a show where I interview two bands and both acts perform a single for you, but only one of these bands has never existed until right now. One of these bands is fake. It's up to you at home to figure out which one is real. We'll take a poll on our socials, then the following night you can check out our Twitch stream to see if you were right. So be sure to follow This Band Is Real on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TBIR underscore pod. And don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening to your podcast, but not Spotify because apparently they don't like that there's music on this show. Anywho, let's get to the guests. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for listening to This Band Is Real. We have our very first guest on the pod, and I can't tell you how excited I am. I can't tell you. I'm just going to have to express it to you, because that's what podcast is. You don't see me, I don't see you, and that's totally fine. But you know who you wish you could be seeing right now? With us today is Lula from Wang Green. Give it up for Lula, folks! Yo, 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 thanks so much for having me on, man. Lula, uh, what what a uh, peaceful presence you have. I'm so so psyched to have you on the show. How, how have you been during this quarantine? Oh, you know, just like uh, really just CBD'd out of my mind. Um, that is that has really helped. Um, just, you know, uh, I used to be into the DHC and now I just try to do the CBD oil and it's just been really helping me and my cat out. I hear that. No, I, I feel that everybody just needs to really take this time to slow down and get back down to earth. And speaking of slowing down, Let's just take it back a little bit. Let's just talk about how Wang Green came about. What's the story behind the name? How did you meet the boys? What is the deal? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So Ben and I were dating in junior high um, for six weeks and it didn't work out, but it's fine. Like we're still friends. Um, Sometimes things get weird if we you know, if if we bring someone else in, but um, otherwise, you know, that was like maybe a couple decades ago or not to like tell my age or whatever. Um, and as far as Dirk and Kirk, they lived across the street. That's awesome. So every it was all pretty like localized and you guys just got to know each other just over time. And um, I mean, that must have been a, a little bit of a rough time to even get to know each other because it's so awkward during middle school. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. But, you know, I started CBD young, so um, that oh, really helped. Word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, like, so the whole anxiety thing that a lot of teens go through around that time, like, that, that was just none for you. Oh, yeah. I skipped over it. Yeah. Anxiety is for, like, people who don't do CBD oil. So Got it. Wow. But yeah, we formed the band in like the summer between eighth and ninth grade. 
we just never looked back. Like we were discovered when we were 14 and a half and just, you know, it's just been dope since then. Dope town population four. Hell yeah. And that's, that's what Wayne Green is all about. I feel like the, the whole vibe that we get from this band is that like, it's pop, but it's not super, super heavy, like um, poppy pop. You know what I mean? Like you guys have this indie pop sound. That's just very like, it's laid back, but it's still fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're both of those things. Laid back, but fun. Nice. I'm assuming that you and Ben, like, you guys are cool now, or has it been, like, rocky? Was there anything weird that happened between you two as the band gained more popularity? Oh, yeah, we um hook up every so often in between relationships, but it's fine. Yeah, after holiday parties or, like... Um, if one of us is feeling lonely or whatever, and you know, like we're we're adults, we're mature. It's it's totes finesies. Is it? Uh, I feel like you're getting a little bit intrusive. What are you, my therapist? I mean, no, I don't mean to. I'm not trying to like guide you through anything. Or sorry, I I don't mean to get into your life. But there's been this rumor about this thing that happened on tour in oh. your closet, and. I, I I just have questions, as I'm sure the rest of the audience. Yeah, has I hear you. Yeah, um, yeah. So in my closet, um, I walked in on Ben, Dirk, and Kirk. Um, they were all just writing a song without me. Oh, in my closet. Yeah, they like came into my home. Like I'm like the least you could have done is like written a song in your closet. Like why do you have to come to my closet? And it was like they wanted me to discover them, you know? And so we all started going to band therapy and um, things are a lot better now, you know? We think we communicate better. What is band therapy like, actually? I've, I've never um, come across this in any of the interviews that I've Yeah, had. it's, it's um, therapy for band. So it's like specially a special curriculum that therapists design because um, there's a specific dynamic that happens when you like have to make music with an ex and like twin neighbors, you know? Oh, gotcha. Were there any techniques that you guys had to employ, I'm sure, after the closet incident that, I mean, from what we can tell in the music and how it's credited, you are primarily the lyricist. And uh, did that cause a big rift in your group or was it something you guys were able to mend together through therapy? Oh, yeah. Um, I We burned down each other's um, bathrooms, but, you know, I'm sorry. we worked through it. I'm s- burned down each other's bathrooms yeah we just all decided that was the dirtiest thing to do and it truly is like i don't know if you've ever tried to like live life without a bathroom but so um, like in everybody everybody's individual house like there's just no bathrooms in any of the bandmates bathrooms and your bath well i mean we we obviously got it fixed oh i see it was just the action of just but how how do you burn down a bathroom without taking out the rest of the house Oh, yeah, you just soak everything else. Yeah, easy peasy. Just Google it. Okay. Was there anything out of that writing session from the closet that you guys have been able to use for any new tracks or anything? Yeah, totally. Um, The song that they were writing was called um, Three Bandmates Writing a Song in Our Fourth Bandmates Closet. Oh. Um, And that actually made it onto the album. It it did? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I just thought it was a real, like, a real... uh, marking of our bottom as a band i thought it was important to include it yeah and so the song that we followed it up with is four bandmates writing a song 
um, in a closet together after having burned down each other's bathrooms, but then going to band therapy and reconciling. That might be in the record of longest song title ever, but I'm here for it. I mean, if John Mayer can name a song Walt Grace's Submarine Test, January 1967, then I feel like you guys get away with this. Yeah, and we should all strive to emulate John Mayer. Oh, He's like yeah. a real, uh, you know, pillar of the music community. You guys seem to be really just hitting your stride now, even despite COVID and despite all these weird restrictions that have been happening. So talk to me about this album that you guys have coming out, Pizza. Yeah, we are just really inspired by just the cuisine of Italy. So we thought, why not honor it with this album? What Was this just kind of like based off of your Italian tour that you guys did, where you were just like hitting different towns throughout the country and like that's where you wanted to pull it from? Or is it the cuisine itself? Yeah, we've itself? never been to Italy, like literally just the cuisine. Really? Dang, man, I just messed up my notes then. You know what, though? I have heard that Kirk is a bit of a, a, a pathological liar from some of my interviewing buddies. Would you agree or disagree with this? Oh, uh, yeah, t- we found that out. Yeah, we found that out in band therapy, mm. yeah. But, you know, it's you know he had a trouble, a lot of adverse childhood experiences. At, so he's just through. himself, not Dirk, though. Kirk was the only one that went through that? Yeah, they um they were raised in separate bathrooms. Got it. Okay. No, that that totally makes sense. T- typically whenever you're not raised in the same environment in within the same environment, there can be real detrimental effects and especially whenever you're just being raised in a bathroom Harry Potter style. Yeah, my heart goes out to him for sure. Yeah. When we think about pizza and we think about the, the cuisine itself, Italian cuisine, what are some of these emotions that you guys are pulling into this album that you feel like are different from um, albums prior? Yeah, um, we really tapped into like just the heartbreak and the grief of when you finish pizza, you know, like just like mm. that feeling of like, oh, like there's no more left, you know? There's just like that empty feeling. And I think that something that I had heard on um, one of the teaser tracks that you guys released there's even a bit of buyer's remorse that you guys have tied into this album wonderfully, where it's just, you didn't get the one that you really wanted. You didn't get the pizza you really wanted, and then you got the pizza that you thought that you just ended up deserving. Yeah, man, like, that, one of our tracks is Deep Dish or Calzone, you know, mm. and that is like just like a really great summary for my life. Like, yeah, like, I feel like I really want to try the deep dish, but like should I get the calzone like yeah I don't know what I deserve like I should just get none of them honestly like I should just get like motherfucking cheese ass slice and sometimes sometimes you just got to do that you know because I I think that people try to dress up their pizzas too much you know like they're they're trying they're trying too hard to like hide they'll get fucking soggy yeah god people just don't get it people don't understand ingredients you just got to keep them limited that's how you just got to keep your life all the additions that you put in your life don't overwhelm yourself because then you'll just get soggy and sad and depressed yeah dude you're speaking my language like more doesn't always mean fucking better okay like if you want more desire the toppings that you have already desire the toppings that you have already and then make good in the the box that you have and you know lula i think that you really really opened my eyes to what this album's really about. And I think that I can understand your single that's off of this album that everyone's been talking about, Rut Row. 
I think I understand it better now. It was one of those things where now understanding the path at which we are taking through pizza as a project, as an album, Rut Row just seems to be this climactic end. Now you're faced with the nothing. Rut Row. Here we are again. Sorry, what was the question? Oh, no. Um, w- would you agree that uh, Rut Row was the... <laughs> oh, I, I see. Yeah, no, to- to- Yeah, you're making a, like artistic observation. Yeah, it's just like, sorry, it's so freaking stoned. I'm no, like, you're fine. Oh. It's good. It's okay. good. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So, yeah. What, what do you feel about this track, about Rut Row? Or rather, what were you feeling whenever you were just getting in the process of writing it yeah i try really hard to not feel anything like ever but oh um but yeah like i only like to reserve therapy for feeling things um but yeah like really going to the feelings of like the grief of the pizza and then the anger at people who order pizza wrong um and you know all the deep dishes in the world that just aren't done right you know like i I, it was a real roller coaster of emotions when i did allow myself to feel I can I can understand that. And uh, what what is a wrong pizza order to you? A wrong pizza order. Well, we already covered too many pizza toppings. Um, let's see. Another example of a wrong pizza order is anything with mushrooms or olives. That's a hot take, but I stand by. Dang. It. So no no extra salt from that olive. Like none of that. Olives are God's ass. You know. I. I can't say that I agree, but at the same time, I can't understand like just more inconsequential vegetables make no sense on a pizza. I remember seeing sun-dried tomatoes for the first time that somebody ordered on a pizza. I'm like, you already, it's already in the marinara sauce. What are you doing? More tomato? Like, why do you need more tomato? It's just going to cause more heartburn. And in this case with this album, more heartbreak, right? You know, I don't know if I can get behind you on that one. Like, I fucking love sun-dried really? tomatoes. Yeah, sun-dried it, tomatoes are, like, hmm. God's crown, you know? Um And they're different than what's already in the sauce because they're, like, packed in olive oil and they're, like, roasted, which really brings out the lycopene and just, like, the roasty flavor. So, um, sorry, I can't relate to you on that one, bro. You know what, Lula? I can agree to disagree on these toppings, but I think something that everybody else can agree on is the fact that we're very excited to hear the single. So is there anything else that you'd like to tell this lovely audience before we go ahead and listen to... Yeah, uh, if you're upset, just, you don't have to burn down someone's bathroom. You can just take a deep breath. It's gonna be okay. Dietiaches Is good, but sticks to my teeth I try to decrease my animal product consumption But some plant-based stuff isn't as good There's some stuff that is really good Like Beyond Meat Brats, well, they're so good Trader Joe Soy Resol Wow, that one's a tongue twister. It's really good, really like whoa. But let's not talk about tofurkey. That's 90s plant based technique. 
Actually, even Tofurky has come really far. People, I just want to take a second to tell you what an impact cutting down on meat and animal-based products can have on the environment. You don't have to go full vegetarian or vegan. Even Meatless Monday makes a difference. It takes so much more resources to raise animals and plants, not to mention all the waste they produce. Trust me, I understand the dilemma. I'm a foodie, plus I'm Filipino. Cutting down on meat feels like a big fuck you to my cultural heritage. But if you're wondering how to help the planet, give plant-based products a try. You just might find you'll like them. listening to this band is real i am here with the gorgeous delight that is the front woman of invincible hammer dog guys it's lindy smith what what lindy how are you hi first of all just thank you for having me here I'm great. I'm excited for this. Yeah, How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm doing so great. I'm feeling real high energy. This is the first episode of the season, and I, I can't wait to get into it. I'm so excited to see what journey all the artists are about to take me on with each of these interviews. But I am the most excited for you because I got the chance to see you while you were doing some stuff here in L.A. before things just, like, shut down. Um, but I just want to say... You're an incredible performer, and I think that your music is top, it's just top notch. It's choice, it's everything that everybody needs, it's feel good, and it's strange coming from a band whose name is Invincible Hammerdong. Like, you guys come off as this, like, punk band whenever people just see the name, but that's not exactly what we get from you guys. Sure, your music is super versatile, but, like... Explain to me how Invincible Hammerdong came into existence. <laughs> yeah, we really just want to tell people, don't judge the book by its band name. <laughs> um, Invincible Hammerdong, it was just kind of weird. So my bandmates and I, we were, we were, we were high school friends. Um, and we were just sitting, and this is probably our third band name now. Oh, I see. We've been doing, yeah, so... We've tried regular band names, um, the Smiths. No, I'm the only one that's named Smith. Mm-hmm. There is also the uh, the other band that's named the Smiths. You know, like that's <laughs> too tough. many. It's too many Smiths. Yeah, it's too many Smiths. 
and it's too easy. So we thought, well, we should look at the dictionary mm. and just kind of. Oh, and you guys just like randomize it. You would just like flip a page and like pick. Yeah, that... there were many. Yeah, that is amazing. <laughs> so invisible, invincible, invincible. Yes. Hammer dong. I've seen your other competitor band, Invisible Hammer Dong. Like, it's the cover band for you guys. And I think it's cute. But at the same time, I'm like, guys, it's a little too close to what the band name is. Um, I've heard that your fans of your show are otherwise known as the Dongers. Um, and I think it's adorable. But I've also seen people get confused with it with uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. So then you get, like, that really weird crowd, like, also coming into your shows. But I've seen, like, a couple people reform from being, like, face-eating people to more of just, you know, music lovers. And that's what you really draw <laughs> in with each of your shows, I think. At least I hope. <laughs> yeah. Well, we convert them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, like, so you, Nate, Sam, and Arnold, you guys meet in high school you pull out a dictionary, you pick the name, and um, where did the kind of genre sort of come out of your music? Like, what what was it? Because um, I know that you're one of the primary song songwriters for the band. Um, is it mostly just from, like, your inspirations and your music that everything kind of just, like, worked out when you guys were first jamming and gigging? Uh, honestly, well, so Nate is a great um, bassist. Mm. So most of the music is from Nate. Oh, cool. You know, like it's very groovy stuff. And I'm just like, hey, I'm feeling some stuff. Let's talk. And then we talk, we share, and apparently we share all these human experiences. Mm. So we go over that. And then and then Nate and uh, Arnold, mm -hmm. um, they're so good with music that I'm just like, you know, you talk about stuff and then there's music. Mm -hmm. And then so a song is born from there. So that's really cool. It feels like there's a lot of synergy in y'all's band. There's a lot of trust that I feel. Uh, I equate it to whenever I would watch, like, Mr. Wives. Like, it's just a band that knows each other and knows, like, each other's movements, can, like, act on instinct. And that's what I really love about it. Um, I also just like, like, like the quirkiness of your band, too. Like, everybody just seems like they have their own little personalities and intricacies uh, that make them them. Um, who would you say, out of the four of you, who would you say is the most unconventional person to have come to this journey of being, like, with music? Like, who's got the weirdest background? Huh. Well, well, Arnold is a writer, mm -hmm. and he was always in a band. We were all in bands. Oh, but, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, they, they went to music school. I wanted to go to music school, but I didn't end up doing that. Really? I ended up doing... Yeah. I don't know if you know if you knew, but I was a chef before. No way. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Like a chef. Like <laughs> you... In a... Pastry chef. Pastry chef. Pastry chef. Lindy. Okay, wait, 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 yeah. wait. I have never read this. So, okay. When, when did this happen on the timeline of like you getting into this band? Yeah, so uh, high school, we had bands. Mm -hmm. um, first band was there. Mm -hmm. College had to happen. Mm -hmm. And I was not sure if I like wanted to go fully with music. So I and I and I have a passion for making stuff still. But food, food is kind of cool. And I love and I love um, pastry chef design. Oh, that's dope. So 
So you um, must love yeah. the Great British Baking Show. I do. Oh, what a show. Yeah. Have you been watching this latest season? I haven't, oh. actually. Um, I've been kind of busy kind of writing. For, I mean, um, yeah. Like, yeah, you, you know, know, you're a working musician, <laughs> and I'm just kind of over here being like, ah, I've been watching baking on Netflix. <laughs> no, um, I think – so wait, okay, so – what what's your favorite uh dessert or what's your favorite pastry to create to create um i'm a lover of the red velvet cake dude i think it's just a classic it really is um i remember (laughs) thinking to myself when i first saw red velvet that i was like oh it's gonna taste like cherry or raspberry right and the moment that i bit into it i'm like it lied it's chocolate this is chocolate how how did this happen yeah they do um, but that, it takes some good finesse to make a good red velvet cake. Like, yeah. uh, audience, uh, a lot of you don't know this about me, but I, for my basketball team in high school, this is a true story. I would make red velvet cakes every time we would win a game. If we won a game, I would like make red velvet cake, uh, a Betty Crocker recipe. I didn't get to bake the cake that often. If that gives any oh. indication as to how we were <laughs> as a basketball team. But, uh, yeah, guys. Uh, I can't wait to be at the next Invin- Invincible Hammer Dong show. And, like, your fans, now that they know this, I, I y'all get kooky sometimes. I feel like they're going to throw some red velvet cake onto the stage. Like, not in, like, Honestly. protest, but in support. You know what I mean? Yeah, I should incorporate that to the next <gasps> live shows after Corona's over, yes, right? Yes, that would be so cute. Oh, you could even just like give like little cake balls and like little uh, like red velvet cake balls and like little uh, 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 bags, like little baggies that you could just like throw yeah. out for the encore. That would be really, yeah. really cute, actually. Like, oh, I appreciate you all. Yeah. I just baked this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they would love that from you. I would love to. That's I would love to see more baked goods at uh, live shows. <laughs> at shows. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Nothing more baked really. And beers. <laughs> it, nothing really gets me going after a live show like a fruit tart. You know what I mean? Speaking <laughs> yeah. of shows and speaking of like things in California, there is this beautiful venue here in LA called Hotel Cafe, and uh, I was told that you guys did like this secret show at. Hotel Cafe, but things got a little weird. Uh, you want to kind of expand on what that weirdness was for us? Yeah, no, I, weird, but also cool because it was like we were tested and then we overcame oh. it a little bit. So yeah, so it was raining a lot. It was a uh, uh, last year. Mm. Oh yeah, I remember that. It was getting it was getting real weird for California. Everybody was freaking out with like how much rain was happening. Yeah, and there were a lot of people. It, it was raining a lot, and I I don't think that people were ready for that kind of mm. rain. Um, and so, so we were doing the second song in the set. So it's it's you know the audience is still like getting warmed right. up. The Dahmers were there. Um, <laughs> they were still like getting confused. Um, yeah, and then the power just kind of <gasps> turned off. Yikes. Yeah, so luckily it was a song where I was like doing some clapping to kind of begin oh, with. I love so, that. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, um, Nate and Arnold, they, they just have their instruments and they just, we just kind of like sang together and it was really cute I love in the that. crowd. Yeah. 
Oh, see, I love hearing stories like this about musicians. I think it's the coolest thing to just like really see things get like stripped down, but because not that it was a choice that like the musician has to try to exactly what you said, overcome the situation. Um, I remember this show back in Austin, uh, this artist, Kevin Devine, he's amazing. Um, I was at a venue and I think something went wrong with the roadies, but there was something weird that was happening with um, his band's amps on stage. Like there was this weird feedback that would like come through occasionally. And at the end of the show for the very last song, that was a ballad. Kevin had gotten so sick of it that he just like told his band to unplug their stuff and just to leave the stage and told uh, the venue Stubbs just to have like one spotlight on him. And he only had his (laughs) electric guitar. He didn't have an acoustic ready. Um, and then he unplugged his guitar and that was the first time I have ever heard a venue go completely silent to hear this man strum his electric guitar, mind you. Audience, if you know things about electric guitars, you know that they need amplification for you to hear them properly. So imagine a venue that is housing at least 60 plus people be completely silent as this man sings a ballad about the different stages of his life as his life goes along. Oh, beautiful. I, That's a treat. I, right? And it, it, it just, like, yeah. I, I wept at that show. It's, it just shows you the real perseverance of musicians and how this is just what they are made to do. And I can only honestly believe that that is exactly what your fans felt, too. As soon as you just like, no, you know what? We're going to keep the energy up and I'm going to be this lead on percussion and Nate and Arnold, they're going to back me up. Sam, you do you, man. You keep, you keep doing what you do on those drums and like everyone's going to be able to like get together and get it done. And it's truly, uh, I don't know. Like you have just such an amazing energy as just like a front woman. Like, I don't think people, you probably hear this a lot. Like, Come on, you're Lin- you're Go Lindy freaking Smith. You obviously <laughs> hear on. this all the time. Like, your energy is impossible to ignore, and I don't think I've ever left a show of yours where somebody wasn't smiling. You know, Aww. but it's true. Like, it's uh, y- your music really it, it it gets people going, and it also gets people hopeful. Like, seeing your releases come out through COVID and through quarantine, I was like that. She gets it. Like, everything that I'm going through, she gets it. And can I just say, your song, Strangeland, was exactly what I felt when I first moved to L.A. I was just kind of like, yeah, Aww. she gets it. This is weird. <laughs> this this place? This place is weird. Very strange. I mean, it's getting stranger yeah. by the day. <laughs> I, I, I live in the East Hollywood area. I've seen the strangeness come out out the Ralphs. Uh, it's been <laughs> awful. Oh yeah, like what's your what's your crazy LA story? Whenever you were first getting acquainted to this city. Well, I was just very shocked because at first I thought that, um, you know, just moving from, I was from Chicago mm-hmm. just for a little bit. Um, I was the pastry chef there, and then Sam and Arnold and Nate were all moved back here in California, and they were like, "Hey, Lindy." Let's go to California, start a band there. And I was like, okay. And, you know, I quit my patient yeah. chef job there. And so when I moved here, I was just so shocked because I thought that I accumulated 
you know, and a heap of uh, heaps and heaps of money. <laughs> but when I when I got here, I was like so broke after like two. It or doesn't three take months. a lot. My it God. doesn't take a lot to become broke in L.A. <laughs> I, I didn't even have to try. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so that that was really strange. Um, um, a strange thing in a cool way is that how people are, like, oh, so, so bold, bold here. Yeah. <laughs> so bold. It, it baffles me still. <laughs> yeah, so Like, what, what's, like, a, a bold interaction that you had? Like, with somebody just, like, was it just on the street? Or was it in, a, in like, a public, like, at a, at a venue or anything? Like, what was the interaction like? Uh, more just like the energy of the of the mm. city is like everyone's doing their own thing. Like you, you see the busker and you see the mm-hmm. mural painter and like there's a guy like dancing in the corner or yeah. like some guy yeah. screaming over there and you wonder if they're practicing their monologue. Or crazy. <laughs> Let's play the game monologue or knee in in need of Arc. some help meds. <laughs> Might you be today, sir? Ah, uh, no, I've, I've gotten a couple of those folks whenever I, uh, I'm just like walking, I'm just, I'm just walking. Like I, I, I try to support local business and I just like walk my neighborhood and there's always that one person who is just like going around, um, asking if I've accepted the Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. I got, uh, I got approached yeah. by an Asian family in Griffith park on Halloween uh asking if i uh accepted lord jesus christ as uh my savior and luckily my boyfriend was with me and he just immediately immediately said i'm uh i was raised baptist she was raised catholic we got it like no we we know we jesus we Bye. love him and uh they, they weren't too weird they just like gave us these bags of candy that also had uh a postcard to then visit their church uh and also, the postcard was that if you didn't believe in their church, that there were threats on it. So, uh, <laughs> religion's a funny thing. It's a fickle thing. But, yeah, uh, yeah and e- even then, they were a super unassuming, like, Korean family that I was just kind of like, yeah, like, that's cute. They're handing out candy to people. And then, like, I received the candy. I'm like, oh, no. You guys are trying to um, evangelize as you're handing out candy. That's a trick. That's not... Uh, oh, like, that's a I trick. like that. That's a trick. <laughs> Don't do that. I understand it's Halloween, and it fits into the whole trick or treat. I get it, but at the same time, I was like, I'm not here for that. I'm uh, at the park. But to them, Jesus <gasps> is the treat that they're giving you. <laughs> Lindy, I agree, but I'm I'm more of a fan of the treats that you make. Apparently, that's uh, some <laughs> treats that uh, are unconditional, other than the price I have to pay for it, because I'm certain. A pastry from you would be a delight. Anyways, Los Angeles. You guys are this, like, met up again as the band. You guys are getting into it. You guys are making this music. And I want to talk about this album that you guys are coming out with, Pantomime Shadows. So, uh, the single off of this is Silent Disco. And from uh, what I hear, it's... uh, I don't know. I, I I hear it's a gem, but it's so hard because like I have heard nothing about it. Like people can't tell me anything about this unreleased track, and I'm so hoping you can tell us a little bit about this album and a little bit more about this song. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm so excited for this. As you know, everyone's been home mm. during COVID. And so at the beginning of it, it was just a bunch of really like, I'm so oh, sad for songs, sure. you know, so, so many ballads. And then, and then there was a phase where I was feeling mm -hmm. a little better inside and my bandmates were also feeling a little mm -hmm. better inside. And so mm -hmm. we met up again. Um, and then again, the music just kind of translates. So, yeah, so this record is very like, um, like if you think about the Carpenters meeting like Cindy Lauper. Um, Cindy Lauper, um, but also, but also. Oh, the dang. Killers. I love um, this though. I love, <laughs> I love the idea of it being like, the thing that I always loved about the Carpenters was obviously always their harmonies and their instrumentation. Cindy Lauper really brought that like kind of vibrant energy back to um, female uh, uh, singers in the eighties. And then when I think about the killers, I'm just kind of like, oh, so we're going to dance. And I, this this makes yeah. sense because it is called Silent Disco. It yeah. is called Silent Disco. So, yeah, so I'm really, I've been honing like on like writing, but does it doesn't have to always oh, be so sad that thank everyone's you. crying. <laughs> <laughs> Let's save it okay. for the next band, Invisible right? Hammer Dog. Yeah, Hammer no, the, co the cover band can make their own ballads <laughs> off of these dance uh, off of these bops. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll give them that. Um, so yeah, it's more like a, like happy. Um, well, how do I call it? Well, someone coined this already. It's a sad I banger. I love um, sad bangers. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah, like uh, there's something about uh, dancing on my own by Robin where you're just like, yeah, ah! kind of like, uh, yeah, I'm up in the club. I'm not crying. <laughs> I am crying. Here we are. You can't see it. It's dark. It's fine. <laughs> and I'm dancing. I'm sweats. <laughs> oh god. Uh, yeah. So I'm really yes. excited to share it. Um, yeah. Um, silent disco is very obviously, you mm. know, very danceable, but also, you know, like, and I thought that it was uh, kind of relatable because like during Corona time and everyone's kind of doing their own thing. But I was thinking like, huh, how can that be more relatable? Oh. So I thought like in a relationship and it's like going two separate ways, like maybe like they're married and they used uh -huh. to be like this and now they're only roommates and they're doing like their own separate things. It's like they're in a silent oh. disco. They're like still living in the same thing and like, but doing things on their own. I love um, that. It's yes. Yeah. Oh my god. Yay. Oh god, that is yeah, that I'm is a excited. sad banger. Like it just hit me, but at the same time I was like imagining two people dancing alone in different like rooms of their apartment and being like, Yeah, like they're having a great time without each other. Oh no. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like 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 maybe they're a little sad, but maybe they've moved on. But I think that the saddest people are the ones oh my watching God. them. <laughs> like we're we're the saddest, just watching them. And like for some reason, we know about mm. their past and their history. Yeah, right. Like we're not. We're, <laughs> we yeah. might be their stalkers, but we'll never tell. Uh, <laughs> we'll never tell. No, we I don't I, know. No, I love that though. <laughs> like COVID has been all about watching other people. Like I, you said silent disco, and then like I thought about what we're going through right now, and just like a dozen windows on Zoom that are just on mute. And people are just like moving oh, yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, you're right. 
And I was like, that that is the silent disco that is that we all move in. But then it's also it's also interesting to me that like I can also think about it. That's how we are actually disconnected from each other. And that's what I kind of glean from what you're talking about is that there's this real disconnect that people can have with each other that like we aren't able to really see what's going on with another person uh, until we're really paying attention until we're forced to watch and uh, really like get dialed into what somebody else's experience is. And that's what I found was so, oh, oh, Lindy, you've done it again. Damn it. We'll see. <laughs> Damn it. You. We'll see how it goes. You and this invincible hammer dong. Oh, damn it. I'm not crying, listeners. I'm not. It's fine. Anytime that I talk about Lindy and uh, the music that Lindy and the band make, I don't cry. I'm not a liar. Everything's fine. <laughs> but anywho, uh, enough from us, listeners. I'm sure you are excited to hear Silent Disco, so... Uh, Lindy, is there anything that you would like to add before we wrap it up and let them listen to it? Um, just stay safe, everyone. <laughs> um, I can't wait to hear what you guys think about this new thing. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. Yay!
thanks again for listening to This Band is Real Season 2, Episode 1. Don't forget to vote on our socials who you think was the real band at TBIR underscore pod. Tune in tomorrow night on our live Twitch stream to see if you were right. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts, and we will see you all again very soon.